0: Wait, is four place spelled out or do they use the number? <laughs> Fuck. Three, two, one, zero. They say the girls have more fun, but they never met the boys. This is boy talk. Boy talk. This is boy talk. What's up, bitches? I am so glad you are back for episode four. I am literally screaming because the semester is starting. I know, like, it is already spring semester, which is crazy to me. I feel like it was just November. It was just Thanksgiving. I got stuck here in New York City. I didn't get to go home. Had to have a Friendsgiving, but it was nice. You know, we made it work. And all of a sudden, Christmas happened, which I also didn't go home for because of this gosh damn pandemic we're in. And... Now it's the new year and it's 2021. It's almost February. January gone, just like that. It's crazy. School starting and I'm panicked mode, right? I don't know about y'all, but 2021 is gonna be the year where I focus on getting smarter and hotter, and that's it. That is it. Period. End of story. There will be nothing else besides those things. If it does not make me smarter, or it does not make me hotter. I don't want to be part of it. I don't want it in my life. I don't have time. I don't have energy. I'm not looking to spend an ounce of my existence on anything. Anything that does not make me hotter, smarter. 2021 is the year we get snatched physically and mentally. I'm telling you. With that being said though, (laughs) you know, I have some habits that are dumb bitch energy. I got some dumb bitch energy in me. I feel like it's a nice little balance, you know what I mean? Like, I'm like super smart, like I do good in school and all that jazz, like, huh, <laughs> cute, or whatever. But wow, I'm a dumb bitch. I do some dumb bitch shit all the time. And I'm just like, why? Why, do, why am I such a dumb bitch all the time, right? And I think it really started for me in fourth grade. It's just been a downhill battle since. In fourth grade, I literally got a D in spelling. Like, I got an absolute D in spelling. Like, I was not doing well. I was like, if it's not recess, I don't care, period. That's it. I just wanted to go to recess and play. There was never a thought in my mind about doing well in school. And it showed. I got a D in spelling. I literally got knocked out of the spelling bee because I spelled cheese wrong. Cheese. Out of all words, I spelled the word cheese wrong. I said C-H-E-E-S confidently. I was so confident that I got it. Bitch, you spell Ches! <laughs> Where's the last E? Literally, spelling has always been so terrible for me. Like, it's so bad. Like, I have a writing degree now, so I have my undergrad degree in public relations, and it's mainly a writing focused intensive degree. And I can't write to save my goddamn life. My spelling is atrocious. I don't know grammar like I ain't no shit about spelling or writing I'm so bad at it like it's not even like funny to the point where like I'll be so frustrated typing things I remember I was taking my GRE which is kind of like an ACT SAT level test to get into like grad school or whatever basically some bullshit standardized tests they make you pay a lot of money to take or whatever and one of its a writing sections right My writing section was something about politics, and I had to do some debate. I don't remember the prompt now. This was like a year or so ago. I try to repress memories that make me feel icky, and that one makes me feel icky. But regardless, it was about, like, politics or whatever. And (laughs) when I tell you that I could not spell politician, so I had to keep rewriting the phrase political figure every fucking time that I wanted to say politician... I'm telling you I can't make this shit up like I have some dumb bitch energy I literally just suck at spelling it started in fourth grade and it's gotten worse since sometimes even my spell check and Google can't tell what I'm trying to say like it is so bad it's so bad and it's so embarrassing <laughs> to top it all off I didn't even know how to spell foreplay I literally thought that it used the number, like, for the longest time in my life. Like, I 100% was certain it was, like, the number four and the word play. Like, that's what it was. It wasn't actually, like, F-O-R-E-P-L-A-Y, one word. It was four play. Um, It wasn't until probably college that I recognized (laughs) that it wasn't a number. It was a word. (laughs) Um, You know, it's a good thing I'm pretty, right? (laughs) Uh, I'm a four and I'm not smart, I'm fucked. <laughs> but anywho, foreplay. If you couldn't tell what this episode this week is going to focus on, it's literally that. We're going to be talking about the good, the bad, the ugly, what makes foreplay fantastic, how to do it and how to do it right. And it's going to be life-changing. So foreplay, what is it? Let's start with a basic definition. And that is that foreplay is anything and everything that is both physical and emotional that will occur before you get into your full course meal. So everything before the penetration, right? That can be kissing, that can be oral, that can be, you know, verbal, it can be dirty talk, it can be literally rubbing, cuddling, anything that you can imagine, that all falls into this subcategory of foreplay. So why is foreplay so important, right? Like everyone's talking about it, everyone does it, like why, why are we doing this? Well, foreplay really sets the stage for your intimate time. Not only is it like, one, to help you get turned on and ready for the whole course meal, you know what I mean? Like, it's supposed to be that little teaser into, like, mm, this is about to be some really good good, you know what I mean? But it also is a essential function to getting your body ready for going into intimate time, right? I talk about this all the time as a bottom, like I'm gay and at the bottom or whatever. If I don't get foreplay from my partner, it normally makes the intimate time so unpleasurable for myself, right? I remember this one time that I was with this guy and he was blessed down there, you know what I mean? He was also good looking and, you know, he had all the essentials to really give me some good, 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 right? He literally jumped right on into having sex. There was no, like, warm up. There was no, you know, jog around the corner. There was no stretch. It was like, we went from kissing to I was getting my clothes pulled off and then boom he was eager McBeaver putting it in and it was painful and even me not being Virgin Mary like you know I've been around the block I've been in the rodeo a couple times it still hurt because I was nowhere near ready for him to just go in like yeah it was consensual and like I you know was totally there for it I wanted it I just wasn't ready. And so that's what makes foreplay so important is because it helps your body get prepared for what you're about to do. Not only is it important for the way that it makes your body prepare, but also is that emotional preparation. Like sometimes my partner will be ready to go and I'm not fully there yet. And it's not that I don't want to do it. I'm not convinced. I'm just not turned on all the way, right? So foreplay helps with that. <laughs> like. I can be like kinda in the mood, but I'll be really in the mood after, you know, we get some kissing, some neck kisses, some choking, some, you know, French kissing, like finger me a little, eat me out. Like, and then you know what? I really am ready to go and I'm gonna do some freak shit. Like I'm gonna bust it open and you're not gonna have to ask me for it. I'm gonna be ready to do it for you because you turned me on. Like you got me ready to go. And I think that's also essential for foreplay is that like, if you want good sex that like emotional buildup that comes from like the tease of foreplaying where like this feels good but it's not full intimate time drives you wild and I'm telling you it makes a difference when you're in that headspace like when you are like shit I want to be dirty freaky nasty now like it's gonna make your intimate time better so I think that those are the really big functions of why foreplay is so important. And then really quick for my men who are listening and my tops, you know, you know who you are. You identify with those places, even the they, thems, you might want to hear. Listen up, open your ears if you you need to hear this. If you don't last long or you have a hard time, like, staying in the momentum moment because the moment you get into the four-course meal, you're like, play is going to be your best friend because... <laughs> No one likes a two-pump chump. So a two-pump jump is somebody who literally, like, thrusts their hips twice, penetrates, like, one, two, and is already finishing. It's not cute. And if you've been there, this is not a shame moment for you. I'm trying to be real with you. I'm trying to show you the light at the end of the tunnel. Don't be a two-pump chump. And if you're dating a two-pump chump, dump them. I'm just kidding. Don't dump them right away. Maybe try to talk to them about it. You know what I mean? Like, let's try to, like... Maybe show them the podcast. Maybe show them some of my TikToks. And we'll see if we can get them out of the two-pump-chumped area. But, like, bad sex is so infuriating. There are a few things in life that give me joy. I got coffee and getting dick. Like, those, that's about it. I like sleeping, too, sometimes. But, like, you know what? Those are, like, where my pure joy comes from. So I don't tolerate bad dick. It's just something I can't live with. So for you my friends who are struggling to last long foreplay use it it is literally so good when done right if you can get foreplay down you can spend a good 15 to 25 minutes of your intimate time if not longer on foreplay that's always my biggest critique for people i've been with like if they ask like what can i do better or were you satisfied i'm normally like you didn't have to rush through foreplay like Why were you so eager to get done with that? Like, I literally could have given you oral for 10, 20 minutes and you only had me down there for, like, five minutes. Like, I would have spent way more time doing that if you allowed it. Um, Same thing with, you didn't eat me out long enough. Or, why did you only finger me for, like, two minutes before having to shove in? And, like, sometimes they'll answer, like, oh, you're just so hot, I just couldn't wait. And, like, that's fine and fair, but... I want my pleasure too, so um, I get a lot of pleasure out of foreplay, so you keep doing the work, like, I, don't, don't, I, I, I want it too, I want you to penetrate, but I also, I'm also enjoying this, I'm vibing right here, you know, like, let's not rush the foreplay area, the foreplay area is really like, I don't know, a really great space to live in, especially when you're trying to make your intimate time last a little longer, so, what makes it so so important to me and why i love it so much is that it makes intimate time last longer and when you do it right you're fantastic so how do you do foreplay well i'm going to give you some tips so my beginners listen up if you're newer to this or if you're hearing this the story about these two pump chumps or people who don't spend time on foreplay and you're thinking this could be you Open your ears, let's talk about how you can get better at foreplay. I want you to focus on three main parts of foreplay, right? It's gonna be kissing, fingering, and your tongue. These are essential to making sure that your foreplay goes well. So let's start with kissing. We all know how to kiss in the sense of like, okay, we puck our lips, they touch, that's great. You know, you, you kind of you know keep doing that motion of like biting each other's lips with your lips And then finally someone shoves their tongue into someone's mouth and you're Frenching. And like, that's hot. And like, that's super important to like starting the intimate time. Normally my partner and I, that's how it starts is like, we'll be sitting, cuddling, kissing, or I'll be on the bed and he'll come join me and to start kissing on me. And I'm like, okay, like I bet the next thing is gonna be sex and it normally ends up and it's gonna be sex, right? But don't let kissing stop at the mouth. (laughs) Kiss other parts of the body, like, One of my favorite things and one of my biggest turn-ons is when my neck is getting kissed on, or bit on. I think kissing someone's neck is pretty standard when it comes to other body parts, but you can also kiss everywhere else. Some of the hottest stuff I've ever had done was like when a guy will kiss like my inner thigh or literally like my shoulders if he's hitting from the back. Like there's so many other places that you can be kissing that's also super hot. So definitely explore kissing as part of your foreplay and kiss everywhere, it's super great. I've had partners who loved like their nipples to be kissed or sucked on, that kind of thing. So see where it goes and see what you like and figure out what your partner likes. Next is fingers. And I think that fingering is one of the most slept on foreplay tactics you can do, but one of the most beneficial. What's so great about fingering is that it helps loosen someone up or get them prepared for penetration, right? So, if you're going to do foreplay with your partner and getting ready to have sex and be intimate with them, finger them. (laughs) I'm going to speak from my experience, and I'm a gay male, and I'm a bottom. When I tell you that most men won't even take the time to attempt to finger me, it's appalling and disgusting, and I feel cheated Because I'm finally with someone who knows how to finger. And it's life changing. It is life changing when they know what to do. So if you're like me and you're a man. Or you identify as a male. In the back door is your prostate. If you rub on that with your finger. That is how you orgasm. Right? So... Just like when you're having sex in the back room and you start to orgasm from it, it's because your prostate's getting rubbed. It's like the male G-spot, right? You can do that with fingers. (laughs) And a really well-trained guy who knows how to foreplay and knows how to finger knows how to hit that spot. Same thing goes for if you are with a female or someone identifies as a female or is a proud owner of a vagina. Fingering is important you should be doing it and you should be doing it well. So please don't sleep on it and try using your fingers. But it's more than just fingering the holes. You can use your fingers for a bunch of other things when it comes to foreplay, right? So example, it's hot to like have like a partner put their fingers in my mouth. Like it sounds so stupid, but to me it is hot and to them it's hot too. Like literally take your thumb and like grab their mouth with it and like shove it in or like take your finger, like your middle finger and your index finger and put it into their mouth. It's actually really hot and it can go both ways. It's kind of like a dominance thing. So if you know you're more submissive or you're more dominant, the dominant person tends to put the fingers in. And I'm telling you, it's fantastic. Highly recommend it. Don't sleep on the things you can do with your fingers. And then finally, the tongue. Your tongue is so essential to intimate time. The things that you can do with your tongue is fantastic. If you are, you know, the more dominant one, you might be eating someone out and it could be any part of their body, right? Make sure you know how to use your tongue. Flick it, swirl it around. Like, I don't know, I've had some really bad experiences with people who didn't know how to use their tongue and not even just like getting eaten out or anything like that. I'm talking like even kissing, like they're just bad at it. Like, learn how to use your tongue. Uh, If you're looking for something to practice on, maybe try like a straw in a cup. Like just practice moving the straw around in different ways, like doing circular motions or flicking it. Whatever you need to do to start to get more acquainted with that feeling of moving your tongue, I highly recommend. It is so important. I think the tongue also gets slept on a lot because it's more than just for eating someone out or when you're like French kissing and you're like literally tonguing each other, right? Your tongue can be used in other ways. So example, like the nipples are normally another place that are great to be licked. Some people like it, some people don't. Figure out if your partner does. It goes even further, other things give sensations that are pleasurable when being licked. One of my secret moves for giving really good head is literally lick where their hip bone is, right? So, you're down there doing a sloppy toppy, giving that head or whatever, just without like any warning just lick right near like their hip bone and like where their stomach connects to like their groin area. It has this sensation that like they're going to be like, "Whoa," but it feels good. You should ask for consent to try new things. I feel like that one's a little more fair game in the sense of like it's not really out there wild if you have consent to be giving someone head at that point. I personally think that you have consent to give like a little lick near their area. But check with your partner if you want to feel more comfortable, be safe. It's never wrong to double check or ask. You can use your tongue in a bunch of other spaces. There are other like kinks and other like fetishes that involve like licking feet or toes or licking like armpits or whatever and like I'm not here to shame anyone. If you're into that that's awesome, if you're not, awesome too. But yeah, your tongue can be used in a lot of different ways. Do what's comfortable for you, do what's comfortable for your partner, and figure out what you like with it. But always include your tongue in foreplay. So now we went through our beginner stuff, I want to talk a little bit to my experts about foreplay, right? So you've been in the rodeo a few times and you're trying to spice it up now. You want to add some, you know, deliciousness to the bedroom. I think something that we forget to do in foreplay a lot is the verbal side of foreplay, right? Foreplay is not just the physical things you can do with one another before intimate time, but like I said in the beginning, it's also the emotional side of it. And something that's so hot is bringing verbal play into foreplay. So what does that look like? Verbal play in foreplay really is about like, having this sexy, dirty talking moment with each other. So if you're a more dominant person, it might sound something like, I can't wait to get in you or you tell them all the things you've been thinking about doing to them. Like, I can't wait to hold you down and pound you or I can't wait to eat you out or you taste so good. Like, I just want to get down there and get going and vice versa. If you're more of a submissive bottom person like myself, it might be something like I literally have been waiting for you all day to get here or I literally want you to blow my back out right now. Um, or stuff like, I love the way that you taste, I can't wait to get down there. And you can get as freaky, as dirty, as comfortable as you are. Like you can start talking about like getting your hair pulled, about getting slapped if you're into that. You can talk about spanking, whatever you're really into. Talk about it as foreplay. It's hot. It really gets the mood going. So don't be uncomfortable with it. I know for a lot of my newbies who might be listening from the beginning section and are here hanging out, listening to this expert advice, it feels awkward. And even some of my experts who are transitioning into more of an expert space in this stuff, it's okay. It feels a little weird at first and I totally get that. But don't make it weird. Don't make it weird because it's supposed to be pleasurable. And talking about what gets you going or what gets your partner going is hot. It shouldn't be embarrassing. So you should give that definitely a try. I love it, it's one of my favorite parts of foreplay and I bet it will be a new thing that you and your partners love to do. So I hope that helps with foreplay and I hope we got some of our questions answered about everything with foreplay and how to do it. Moving on to the next part of the show, we're gonna go into our listener questions. I still haven't got a lot of stories yet, that's okay. I understand if you don't want to share your stories or if you're newer and you don't really have stories yet, totally cool. So this week I'm going to be doing questions again, but I just want to remind you all how you can submit your questions and stories is you can either put them on my TikTok comments, DM me on Instagram, either way I will see them, right? So my Instagram is O-H-H-K-O-D-Y, find me on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, all of that jazz under O-H-H-K-O-D-Y, and I do have an Instagram for the podcast. It's boy talk underscore podcast. You should follow it if you want to know more about the show, what's going on, hear updates, etc. And either one of those, if you submit questions or stories, I read them. I check my DMs every day. I try to answer back to at least 15 to 20 a day. But yeah, so go ahead and find me on social media. Submit those questions, submit those stories, and we will talk about them here. So jumping into this week's questions. First question we to talk about is how do I know what position I am? So this is more for my LGBTQ plus friends, but also it kind of can help with uh, heterosexual sex too and that sense of like dominance and submission, but it's not the same. So I'm gonna really focus for this one for my LGBTQ plus friends. How do you know what position you are? So basic rundown of the positions, there's tops, there's bottoms, there's verses. There are others, there are twos, but we're gonna stick to the main three for now, just because we're trying to talk higher level. The first thing that you need to focus on when trying to figure out which position you are is pleasure. Intimate time and sex should always be about what makes you feel good. What makes you feel sexy? What do you want to do time and time again? What is going to make you go wild? I meet so many people who are in wrong positions or pick the wrong position because they just don't get that basic concept. Intimate time should be pleasurable and if it's not, then you're probably not doing something right. So when you're thinking about your positions, you need to make sure that you find what gives you pleasure and what drives you wild. I started as a bottom in my first relationship and I knew I loved that and that was fantastic. But I remember in high school, I had started to wonder to myself, one, I've never even kissed a girl or tried to, is there any chance or possibility that I might like women and be bisexual? And then two, my other question was, well, I've never tried topping or anything before. Is there any possibility that I'm a topper verse? I don't know. All I knew is that I loved bottoming for sure, right? And like, I would like watch like videos on the internet and all that stuff. And I would try to figure it out on my own. But what it really came down to is that I needed to try it. And I was very aware that I needed to try it. And that's what I did. So I tried both topping. I tried topping a couple times to make sure. Every time that I did it, didn't love it. I was good at it. I got pleasure from it in the sense of like, I finished, my partners were pleasured, that kind of thing. But I didn't love it. I wasn't sold on it. It wasn't something that I thought about when I was being, you know, intimate by myself. It wasn't something I was interested in trying to do again. It wasn't something that I was like, man, I can't wait till I get the chance to do this again. And that's how I knew that like topping was not for me. So the moment I knew top was out of the picture, I knew verse was out of the picture. Because if I don't like topping, I can't be a verse. (laughs) Verses like both. And I know some people who are verse are gonna be upset about me commenting about that. But that's what the definition of verse is. You're supposed to like both positions. And for the simplicity of like me not going into like verse bottoms, verse tops and verses, we're talking about true verses. A true verse is 50-50. And then there are verses who identify as verse, but have preferences like I'm a verse top, meaning I like the top more, but I will bottom sometimes. Or vice versa, I'm a verse bottom, meaning like I like to bottom, but I will top sometimes. And that's great if that works for you. But true verses would be 50-50. So let's focus on the simple simple, uh, top-bottom verse mentality right now. That's how I figured out that I was not a top nor a verse because I don't like topping at all. I'm never gonna do it. It's not something I'm worth doing. It doesn't give me pleasure. And I think that's a hard concept for some people to learn about is like, well, I got through it and I finished, you know, I came, whatever finishing looks like for you, but I didn't love it, but I finished. So like then does that mean that I identify as a verse now or does that mean that I identify as a top or bottom now? The answer is no. Great example for that is that I literally had sex with a girl. I wanted to make sure that I wasn't into women. And so I was talking with a close friend who was willing to let me experiment with them and we did. And it wasn't like I didn't do it and it wasn't like it wasn't good and I still finished. I just didn't find pleasure. It just wasn't something I wanted to do again. And that's how I knew that it wasn't right for me. So I think the moral of the story about figuring out a position is this. One, experimenting is normal. We should normalize experimenting. Try it out to figure it out. Two, focus on pleasure. It's not about what you can do, it's about what you wanna do. It's about what you enjoy doing. Don't get yourself tripped up because you can do something. What do you like doing? What do you think about when you're alone? If you watch, you know, videos on the internet for your enjoyment, what are you watching? Another big sign is like, how do you touch yourself? I'm a bottom, so you know, I I touch that area. If you're not touching that area, then like maybe that's not for you and that's okay. Try to connect with your body on your own and best of luck because it takes time to develop. You're not going to wake up and just know. My second question of the week that we're going to answer now focuses on how can I tell if someone's hitting on me, right? This is always hard, especially something I've had an issue with with men is like, if I think someone's good looking, I generally get this like feeling of (laughs) they're hitting on me. It's like, no Cody, they're a waiter, which means they have to bring you the drink and be nice and smile. It doesn't mean that they're hitting on you. They're just being nice, but it still feels that way because on my end, I'm over here like, Oh, butterflies and hearts. And like, just, you know, imagining marrying them because I'm just like crazy. And I'm like, you're beautiful and hot and I want to marry you now. And they're just like, I don't know who you are and you're weird. So how can you tell if someone's actually hitting on you? It just depends, but here are some of the signs that I know someone's into me. First, they stutter on their words. Second, they cannot hold eye contact with me, like they do everything to avert the eye contact. And three, normally I look for blushing or fidgeting, so some type of physical reaction. So what I mean by that is this, I remember I had this one barista at a coffee shop I used to frequent, and he was very much into me. Like, it was very clear. And how I knew was, every time I would go in and order, he would not look me in the eye. Like, I would purposely be staring at him, trying to get him to make eye contact with me, and he would not do it while I was ordering. He refused to look up. It just was bad. Secondly, he would blush. He would turn super red, like... I mean his whole face would just be red and he just I could tell instantly that he was either intimidated or something I'm not sure exactly what emotion he was feeling but he was blushing so it was clearly that he was feeling like I don't know cutely embarrassed and then finally it's the tripping on the words <laughs> he would try to like repeat my order back and every time I swear he would mess it up and it wasn't because he typed it in wrong, he would just fall on his own words. And I don't change my order often. Like I normally stick to the same coffee for like a month or two and then I'll switch. And he couldn't get it out. And I would go there like almost every day to study and work on stuff. It was right next to my classes. And so that's where I would frequent before, you know, Rona came. He knew who I was, he knew what I ordered. And every time he still would always mess it up. And so those are some good clear signs that someone's into you. I also think A big thing about if someone's hitting on you is just the body language. Fidgeting is big, like if someone starts to fidget with like their fingers or their hands or like a jewelry or accessory piece, if they start playing with their hair, if they have a hard time with the eye contact, if they try to make like little subtle hints about like are you seeing anybody or things like that, those are all good indicators. But my biggest thing about this is, is this. One, if you wanna hit on somebody, do it. Too many of us in this digital era are relying on social media and texting and all that garbage to catch people's eyes. If you really like somebody's energy or the way that they look or the way that they act or you think that there's even a slight chance of anything between you two happening, you should be confident and go after it because the few times that that has happened to me in my life, like I'm only 23 years old and I've only had this happen like a handful of times now, I still remember every single one of them. I distinctly remember this one time I was at the gym in undergrad. And I go to the gym, like, three to five days a week, depending on the week, depending on how I'm feeling, whatever, that kind of thing. So I was a frequent at the gym in the, at my college. And so I'm there working out, and, like, every time I was there, I normally see the couple same guys, same girls, that kind of thing, same thems. And there was always this one guy, and, like, I thought he was good looking or whatever, but, like, I just assumed, like, He would never be into me, that kind of thing. And I just did my own thing. The one day after like a month of us always being there at the same time, he finally came up to me and was like, hey, like I see you here all the time. Like you're always kicking ass. Like what are you working on today? And I was like baffled that he even came up to talk to me and I was like, okay, cool. Like he's probably just being like a friendly gym dude seeing another dude who's here all the time working out. Awesome. And I was like, oh, like I'm going to do back today or something. I don't even remember at this point. But I just remember him being like, well, when you're done, do you want to maybe grab food or something? And I was like shocked. Like when I tell you that, like I was like in my core screaming, I was screaming. And I was so interested to go and have dinner with him. And so we did after the gym up being a loser so like you know it didn't, didn't work out it wasn't you know a fairy tale ending or anything but i was so impressed that i was like yes yes we can go get food i would love to get to know you and i just wish more people would take it upon themselves to hit on people when they think that they're interesting don't be creepy or weird we need to learn when people aren't interested in us like if you try to hit on someone and they politely say no or they try to divert it or they laugh and say sorry Odds are it's not going well, back off, give them, give them space. And if someone directly tells you to leave them alone, always leave them alone. You have to respect other people's spaces. But I do think more people should try to be in person focused and be there in the moment and hit on people when they think that they're interesting or they want to take them on dates, that kind of thing. The next question I have is what is the best way to last longer in bed? So this is mainly for the guys who have pee pee's, right? Talking to you, the straight man, I'm talking to the tops specifically here. Because none of us who are bottoms or, or the gals or the theys who are taking it, we don't really um have that issue of not lasting long enough. It's normally, um, we're literally like, you pump twice and you're done. You know? But anywho, back to y'all who have the pee-pees in our tops, right? I mean, if you don't have pee just my tops who don't last long themselves. So let's, let's have a quick chat. How do we last longer? Okay, here's what I'm gonna tell you. One, take a break every now and then. If you get so close so quick, pump until you feel like you're going to finish and then pull out and go back to foreplay. It is okay to take breaks. It's okay to go slow. Like, if you know that you're going to finish really fast when you get in, take your time on foreplay. Do not rush to go in. I think that a lot of people who finish quickly are because they are oversensitive as well. So for my guys who are oversensitive, I would consider getting something like a desensitizing wipe or jelly. I recently, like, did a review of wipes from a podcast that I listened to and they were great they worked so basically it will numb you enough where like you can still feel everything but it's just not as intense and that's like the way that like guys parts works so I'm talking specifically to anyone who owns a penis so how the penis works is that like the tip has all these nerve ends And when it gets aroused enough, your muscles actually contract and that's what causes you to like finish, right? So desensitizing it will make you last longer. And I don't think anyone who is getting dick would be like upset with you for saying, I'm gonna put this onto my penis so that I can fuck you longer. I think all of us would stand up and applaud you if you would take it upon yourself to say, you know what? I wanna last longer so I'm gonna do what I need to do, which means I'm gonna wipe my penis down with this numbing cream and make sure that I can give you the best dick of your life, right? But if you don't wanna try that or you don't have the financial abilities to try something like that, that's okay. Another method I have for you is like I said, pull out and take breaks. If you need to pump for like two to five minutes, you feel yourself getting a little too close, go ahead and pull out and go back to foreplay, fingering, eating out, get a toy, Dirty talk, making out, something like that that keeps the mood going. But don't be afraid to stop. So many times when sex has been short, it's because my partner was just go, 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 and then we're done. It's like, it's not a sprint, honey. This is a marathon. Take it slow. Let's run together. Let's let's enjoy it. Let's not try to rush to the end of this thing. Like, I'm trying to to do what I need to do over here. And you're, like, just sprinting and I'm trying to take a leisurely walk with you. Like, let's leisure through this. Like, there's no need to go this fast. And then another tip I have for lasting longer is this. Because we know the science is that you get aroused by the nerve endings into your muscle spasm, you can kind of stop that arousal from happening. Taking, like, your penis and, like, kind of, like, tapping it with your hand. Like, smack the head. You can smack it either, like, on, like your partner's, like, body parts, like, their, like, butt or their thigh, which is really hot, or, like, their face if they're giving you head. Or you can do it against your own hand if that's more comfortable for you. Whatever. But that will kind of, like, shock what's going on with the stimulus, and you get less close at that point. It's not a painful feeling. It's just not a pleasurable feeling when it gets smacked, per se. And that's why, like, you won't come as quicker if you just take it out and give it a couple taps. So there are three great methods you could try. But long story short, if you are a two-pump chump or you are running to this finish line while the rest of us are sitting there waiting, like, don't be that guy. It's 2021. I'm here to tell you, like, don't be that guy. It is time to take responsibility for making sure our partners are pleasured too. All right, y'all. Shameless plug. If you can please like this episode, subscribe to the podcast, follow me on social media. It's at O-H-H-K-O-D-Y. That is Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok. Or you can follow the podcast at BoyTalk underscore podcast on Instagram. I would appreciate it so much if you can like and subscribe, download the episode, leave a review. All those things help me. I'm a small creator. I'm doing this by myself, all out of pocket. So please, please, please give me that help. I hate begging for it. But I do have to ask every episode because it is important for what I'm doing. So thank you all so much, and I appreciate that. So sorry about having to beg again. But yeah, that is it for our episode this week, bitches. I hope that you got some great things for how to figure out your positions, how to tell someone it's hitting on you, how to last longer. Go get railed. Go rail. Whatever you need to do. I love y'all. Stay safe, and I'll see you next week.